ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन
then if you chant Hare Krishna, it's okay. Otherwise, forget it. Or they may think, yeah, chanting Hare Krishna is okay, at least he's not getting drunk. You know, not too much. So there's all kinds of pressure on you and so many decisions to make. What is the best thing? So Govinda Das very succinctly has analyzed what is the whole material situation. In this material world, everyone is full of anxiety. Everyone is... Anxiety is another phase or transformation of fear, actually. What is anxiety? Nowadays it's very common. Stress... Anxiety, people go to the doctor and get some pills, stress. Anxiety is actually just another phase of fear, isn't it? Anxiety means we're afraid. What's going to happen? What, how, what will people think of me? And what will people say? And will I be able to get the, the, the pay rise I'm expecting? And will I be able to look after my family? And... So it's actually fear. People are full of anxiety. So in this song, Govinda Das, he says that the only way that we can get free from anxiety and fear is to take shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna. It's the only way we can actually feel any shelter. Because this material world is actually a merciless place. In the Bhagavatam, there's a statement or words Swajana Akya Dasyu. Swajan means relatives, means our own people. Swajan Akya, they are so called. They are named as our relatives, but actually they are Dasyu. Dasyu doesn't mean Das. Das means, Dasyu means Daku, robbers. It's just like if on the street you're walking and someone comes with a knife and says, Give me all your money. And you have to say, and give it. And you feel, oh, I was robbed. I worked hard all week. I got my pay. And then someone came with a knife and took it off. And then you go home and your wife says, give me all the money. Says, yes, okay. It's the same thing. It works out to be the same thing. Because you're working hard and it just goes. Of course, the robber, he doesn't cook your meals for you when you come home. But the point is that your human life is going going, going, one year, another year, another year, and then it's gone. And you're just working hard. How is it? That we are simply working what for? But actually, what are we working for? You'll find everyone is busy, 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 busy. And what are you working for? I'm working to maintain my family, get ahead, get a better job, this, that, and the other. But what actually is the point? At the best, if you're a, if you're a very famous guy, which most people are, you'll get some mention in the newspaper. If you if you become very rich, then your relatives afterwards they'll put in the newspaper. Swadhamagata or Swadprat. Although we don't know whether it's Swadprat or somewhere down there, Prat. But anyway, you're dead. So, at the best, you can get some your photo in the newspaper when you're dead. And for most people, it's, you know, what is it? They're, they're taken to the burning gut and Ram Nam Satyahi and that's it. Burn them up and then people get together. Oh, Lord, didn't see you for a long time. Didn't see you for a long time. Oh, I'm glad also. And then they go home and that's it. And then every year they do a shrad and that's it. And where you went, they don't know. They don't care. And your whole life went simply working, working, working. 
What for chapala shokalapa lagive? Why do you consider that the robber in the street is a robber and when I go home all the money is eaten up by my wife and children? Because we get some sense gratification from that. Because the wife cooks the meals and then uh, facilitates sense gratification and so we're thinking, oh, I have to work to support my family. Of course, we're also not, we're not recommending that everyone just whimsically give up their family life if you're married. But the point is that what I, what is the purpose of life? You're simply working, working, working. What for? What is it all for? What is the purpose of life? No one even thinks. They simply think, I have to work hard, I have to get money, and then uh, when I get old, I'll retire and watch the TV, and then one day it will be Ram Nam Satyahi for me too. So we're not considering this whole material world is sometimes it's too hot, sometimes it's cool, too cold, sometimes there's flooding and in this way. Different situations create so much disturbance and anxiety, and within a few days it's all over. We make so many plans and so what shall I do? This anxiety that but in a few seconds. Everything is finished. When you're young, you don't realize this so much. Although even when you're young. Because we're generally making plans. You say, I'll do this, I'll get this job, I'll do that. Although in any second you can be wiped out. I mean, this, this body can be finished. We never think it will happen to me. We always think, well, it's someone else. When, we, when I say that, well, any moment you can die, you see. Actually, it's a fact. At any moment, any one of us can just conk out, as they say in colloquial English. You don't say Conk out means boom, finished, kaput, finished, dead, dead as a doornail. There are so many different ways of saying it. So everyone's saying, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Everyone says, yeah, it's true to die any minute. But we're always thinking, someone else can die any minute, not me. But it could be, and... If you do throughout life, if you happen, if you manage to avoid death by electric shock, death by poisoning, death by being hit by a bus, death by being hit on the head, when someone's hitting you on the, st- on the head with a lati in a riot, or death at work, death at home, there are so many different ways you can die. Death by being stabbed by some dacoit. There's so many different ways of unnatural death, death in a car accident. Well, if you happen to avoid all of that, then anyway, one day you're just going to die anyway. So, what are you going to do in between now and then? What are you doing with your life? What, which way is your life going? What is the purpose? It's all going to be over soon. Not very long time. Especially if you enter into this career. It's, it's like this whole career thing. It's like entering into a, some kind of sticky... It's like, you know this bubble gum? Now that's a common thing in India too. It's like jumping into a big puddle of bubble gum. And then you're trying to get out and you're just all stuck and you can't move it. You're just all stuck up in it. You can't get out. So it's like that. In no time at all, you see, you're just full of anxiety and your, your hair becomes completely white by the time you're 25. You're so full of anxiety, then you have to put in this Godridge hair color, something like this. You have to put it every week, otherwise people can see it's white here and it's black there. And then in a short time, it, you know, it's just, there's no time. You're all finished. So, Kamala Jala Jala Jeevan Atalama. It's just, 
This is the actual situation. When we speak like this, people say, well, you're being very pessimistic. You see, you go to other Swamis and they tell you, the art of living, how to live happily and peacefully and wonderfully and everything is very nice. Whoever says that is a big cheat and a rascal and a bogus and actually you should kick him in the face. That would be the best thing because he's a complete cheater. These so-called Swamis who tell you how you can live very happily and peacefully in the material world are simply bogus because there is no peace or happiness in the material world. It is simply a place of anxiety and suffering. Even if you think you're happy, you have to die. Where is the happiness? You're making arrangements that you can live very nicely. I may, I constructed a big bungalow and it's got, you see, computer-operated toilet flush. All you have to say, you say flush, and it flushes. See, very wonderful. Only cost me $20,000. Of course, when I get a cold and then it doesn't recognize my voice and then all the stool is stuck in, this, in the toilet and I can't do it. So, you made all these arrangements. Of course, most people don't have a voice-operated toilet. They just have some regular toilet which the flush gets broken anyway, whether it's hand-operated or voice-operated. So, we're working so hard to make a nice arrangement all our lives and we build a house and then it's the same thing. You're done. You do this meditation and you feel very peaceful, but actually, material life is miserable. And not only is it miserable now, but after living a whole life simply struggling for sense gratification, you have to get born as a dog or a cat or a rat. There is no happiness in this material world. And any so-called Swami or anyone else who teaches you some so-called meditation process by which you can live peacefully in this material world, you should understand they are completely bogus. They are absolutely cheating you. A real teacher of Bhagavad Gita should teach you what Gita says where Krishna says, Dukhalayama Shashvata. Everything in this material world is simply miserable. There's no happiness in this material world. Everything here is miserable, and even if you think foolishly that I am happy, then anyway you have to die and become a cat or a dog in your next life. Or maybe you'll become Indra. But then Indra also becomes a cat or a dog after something. So where is the happiness? Kim Sukyam Martha Dharmana in Bhagavatam. Where is the happiness in this world of death? How can there be any happiness? There's a, there's a system in some countries, they, they, have, they sentence people to death. So, my dear sir, we have studied your case, you are guilty, tomorrow morning, five o'clock, you will be hung. So, they carry the guy out of court. Now, he can't walk even because he thinks tomorrow I have to die. So then they, they stick him in the cell and they say, well, we have a system that anyway you have to die tomorrow. So, you just tell us, whatever you like to eat, we'll provide it. The best feast you ever had in your life. You didn't have any appetite? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, great. How is he going to enjoy it? Won't even, he won't even have time to pass it out the other side. It'll come out at, at that time, when he's being hung. Whatever's digested will come through. So, uh, how can there be any happiness where you simply have to die? So that is our situation, because it may not be tomorrow morning, maybe, maybe you may not even live till tomorrow morning, but sooner or later you have to die. Where is the happiness? There's only anxiety. So an intelligent person should consider this. We're, we're making so many plans for having sons, daughters, and family, and money, and staying young and healthy, do some yoga, stay young, do some jogging in the park, and then you can 
be healthy and you don't have to have a heart transplant or whatever. But anyway, it's all going to be finished. Whatever plans you have, I will become a software professional or whatever it may be. It's all going to be finished. So what should we do in this life? What is the actual thing we should do? What is it that we should aspire for? Similarly, as I was saying, people say we're pessimistic, but actually we're the most optimistic. We are pessimistic about this material world because that is realistic. It is unrealistic to think anyone can be happy in this material world. So it is simply being realistic to say that this material world is a place of misery. Generally people, they don't like to hear this. They become very upset because then they're so busy making their plans. And if we point out the fact, they say, well, you have to die soon. Yeah, but we, you know, we can enjoy in the meantime. And that is called goat philosophy. Goats, when they're all being taken to slaughter, one by one, they're being cut. And meanwhile, the other ones who are still in the pen, they're watching the others being cut, and they think, oh, we still have a few minutes left. Let's enjoy sex. That is goat philosophy. They have no higher thought that we have to die, so actually what should we do? A goat can't think. He simply thinks, let me enjoy sense gratification. So people, uh, they, they get upset when you say, they say, oh, why are you talking about dying? Because you're going to die, you fool. Wake up. You're going to die. What are you going to do before that? When you die, what do you want to be? You're not going to become a software professional. You're going to become a cat or a dog if you don't turn Hare Krishna. If you become a software professional, what is that? That means the cat and the dog of the company boss, that's all. Isn't it? Because just like the dog, the master says, Hey, sit down. He sits. The boss says, Hey, do that work. You have to do it. You become the dog of a, some boss, that's all. Some guy who doesn't care anything for you, he just wants to squeeze as much as he can out of you. Most people, they, they just simply float along. Oh. Everyone, I have to get a job, let me get a job and I'll get money and see I'll wear some fashionable clothes and uh, have a 26 inch TV or whatever it is and uh, like that, I'll be like this, prestigious. Frankly, everyone's working for prestige. Now, like I say, you see, you can earn more money being an auto rickshaw driver but the educated men won't do it because it's below their prestige. They'll get a job, 2,500 rupees, if they can't get anything else, if it's some kind of desk job. But auto rickshaw, they can earn five times as much riding an auto rickshaw, but they won't do it. Below their prestige. Everyone's concerned with prestige. What is this prestige? What does it matter whether you wear some so-called fashionable jeans? People like to show fashionable jeans. People are they have no idea what is the actual meaning of love. They simply think we have to impress others. We have to get money and show I'm very fashionable to others. So we should consider what actually is the purpose of love. What are we? Who are we? What are we doing in this world? Why is it miserable? Instead of denying that it's miserable, we should just recognize it is. This material world is full of birth, death, old age and disease. It's full of physical distress, the body has so much distress, mental distress, which is even worse. Then uh, we get so much distress from the different elements, sometimes too hot, sometimes too cold, sometimes too much rain, and so many diseases caused by, especially in the rainy season coming up. Then uh, we get this, other people cause us distress unnecessarily, people call us bad names or treat us 
badly. In so many ways, there are so many different kinds of distress. So what actually can we do or should we do to come to that position where we can actually be happy? We don't need to take a vote on who would like to be happy. If we ask everyone who wants to be happy, then everyone will put their hand up. And if they don't, I ask them, why didn't, why didn't you put your hand up? You don't want to be happy. Say, no, I don't want to. That means I don't want to. Means he made a decision that I will be more happy by saying I won't be happy. So he also wants to. Everyone wants to be happy. It is an axiom. Everyone wants to be happy. But we don't know how. We're thinking we will be happy by getting more money. We think we'll be more happy by getting fashionable clothes. We think we'll be more happy by getting a job in America or whatever it may be. We have so many dreams, imaginations of how we'll be happy. But we don't know who we are even. We are spirit soul. This information we get from Gita, that the body is temporary, but we, the soul, are eternal. Before this body existed, we existed. After this body drops down, then we will continue to exist. So what is our actual position? We are servants of Krishna, who is always happy. We don't see that Krishna is full of anxiety, thinking how I have to pay the rent, or how I have to get... See now Krishna full of anxiety that my boss is going to shout at me, or no such thing. Krishna is always happy in transcendental bliss, and so are his devotees. So an intelligent person should consider how to worship Krishna. It's a very simple thing, it's not a very complex philosophy. But we're not the body, the body is temporary. So there's no use to work hard simply for this body. We should understand that we are spirit soul, we're eternal, we're eternally connected with Krishna, he is the master, we are the servant. And we should serve him. And that's also easy. It's not difficult. It's very nice. By hearing about Krishna, chanting about Krishna, remembering Krishna, associating with his devotees, worshipping Krishna. In so many ways, if we take up Krishna consciousness, we connect with Krishna, we can incorporate this into our life, and by making Krishna the center of our lives, then we're not captured in the net of Maya, which if we're not following the tenets of Krishna as given in Bhagavad Gita, then we are simply forced to act in a manner that is not at all conducive to our actual well-being. You may be surprised why I'm speaking so strongly, but I'm speaking like this because everyone is acting like a completely insane person in a manner which is absolutely destructive to their actual well-being. Most people think that I'm acting for that which is beneficial for me, but in doing so, they're doing that which is absolutely non-beneficial for them. They're acting in a manner which will cause them to forget Krishna and to become entangled in so many material desires. Material desires are simply the cause of anxiety. It means you desire something. And either you get it, and you become frustrated because it doesn't satisfy you as you thought it would do. And then you desire something else. Isn't it? People get something and then they find I'm still not satisfied, then they want something else. And it goes on and on and on like that. Or otherwise you don't get it and again you feel frustrated because I didn't get what I wanted. So either way, material desires are simply the cause of frustration. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. There's no end to it. And it simply causes us to suffer and because of material desires, we have to take birth again and again and again to try to fulfill those desires. There's no end. 
But if we simply understand, I am the servant of Krishna, I have no actual connection with this material world. All this so-called work hard, get a job, get a career, get a family, it's all temporary and has no actual basis in reality. Because whatever we think, my family, my car, my house, my home, my children, my cat, my dog, my money, my clothes, my toilet, whatever we may think, it's all mine, but it's all temporary. Nothing will stay. Neither your luxury apartment, nor your wife, nor your children, nor your dog, nor, nor this very body which we are attached to. None of it will stay. But we are eternal spirit soul. We remain eternally. So we should just understand this simple point of taking shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna, where we belong, and simply by doing that, all problems are solved. It's a fact. This is not a blood. Generally when you see, you see some offer. You see some special offer. Something comes on the internet. Something comes in your email, some spam. That uh, you can get $2,000 absolutely free. And you know, you, do, you just delete it. You don't bother reading. You know someone's bluffing you. There's no such thing. What are you, you can get a $2,000 holiday free. You just delete it. No, there's no such thing. When you hear some offer, that you can be, just do something very simple, you chant Hare Krishna, surrender to Krishna, you can be eternally happy, all your problems are. You think, oh, delete. It's another blood. No, actually, this isn't a blood. This is not some new fly-by-night company which has come to cheat you of all your money. They say, you get $2,000 for nothing, but actually they end up taking $2,000 from you. And then you're wondering, what happened? So, Krishna consciousness isn't like that. It's not, a, it's not some, like that, fly-by-night company. They make up some company, they take your money, it's on the internet, you don't know where in the world it is, and in the meantime, all your money is gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Saka, you got cheated. But this Krishna consciousness movement, it is not like that. It's going on for a very long time, since the time of creation. It's nothing new. It's not some cheating process. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says that many, many persons in the past, and Krishna was speaking 5,000 years ago, becoming freed from fear, delusion, and attachment, fear, Vita, uh, Raga, attachment, Aya, fear, and Koda, anger, becoming free from these things, they became purified by austerity uh, and jnana. By knowledge and austerity, they became purified and they came to me. So this is nothing, something, not something new, but it is something very wonderful. It is a tried and tested process. Many, many, many people in the past have come to Krishna Conscious, taken it up, stuck with it, and gone out of this material world gone to Krishna from eternal life and happiness. So you can do also. We're just, we don't have much time, we're just presenting this because most of you are young people, you have to make decisions in your life. Whether you're young or you're old, you have to make decisions. So why not consider this? That I should surrender my life to Krishna, make this decision to come to Krishna. That now, my life, whatever I did in the past, now I should divert my attention towards Krishna.
I should take up this Christian conscience very seriously. This is our proposition. If you want to know more why you should do this, well, you can come regularly and associate with our devotees. Take these books. We have so many books about Krishna consciousness. Um, of course, this is just a proposition. You can't expect to know everything about it in a short time. It takes time to understand exactly who we are, what, where we're going, what we're doing. But we invite you to apply your intelligence to understand this. It is not a sentimental or a dogmatic or a fanatical matter. We have so many books of transcendental knowledge, which are uh, either translations of the great Vedic classics, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, or books based on that. So it is an authorized process. It is one given by great Acharyas throughout the ages. It is based on which Krishna has spoken in Bhagavad Gita. And it is, as Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita, for our actual and topmost benefit. So we invite you to take to this. People are very eager to get a job, get ahead, get a career. But we have, we are giving you an opportunity which is far better than any opportunity you can get anywhere in the world. Even if you go to the top companies based in America or Japan or whatever. You cannot get an offer for your life as good as the offer we are giving you right here today now in Hyderabad. Which is to chant Hare Krishna. And you may think, well, Chant Hare Krishna, what's so special about that? It is very special, more special than you can imagine. Hare Krishna. Well, I don't have time to take any questions because I have to go to another lecture in Sikundarabad. Another two lectures in Sikundarabad. But as I was saying, we have many books here. We have Bhagavad Gita as it is. If you don't have that, you should definitely get Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita as it is. If you're having Prabhupada's books, then you might like to see some of the books that I've also written. Yeah, so, yeah. So please have a look. We have some books here. Some of them I've written. Some of them are Prabhupada's books. So. That means Yavan Artha Prayojana. Whatever you need to do to maintain your body, you do. That's all. No more. The rest of the time, the rest of the effort for Krishna consciousness. Whatever is required to maintain the body simply, that's all. No need for anything more.